RPS. Live from Premier Better Sound 2022. Proudly presented by Cupra. Coming to you live once more from Radio Primbera Sound uh, at the forum. And that is why Johan was testing uh, out. We were just discussing Phoenix uh, last night because that was a new single. Do you like it, Johan? I, I like the new single. It's not like their empirical phase when Wolfgang and Deus Phoenix came out, that every, you know, 1901 um, Listomania, you know, those were tracks that really took on the zeitgeist by storm. But still, it sounds like Phoenix. It's the Phoenix that we love. I'm really eager to hear more of the new songs. I wonder if they'll be playing any of these live. They played Pobre Español last night as a warm up. Yep. It's, I think it's the second gig, or maybe, I don't know. They, they've played very few shows in France uh, since they've been in since they announced the, France. in France, <laughs> since they announced uh, that their new album will be arriving soon. I gotta agree, I disagree with you. Their empir- uh, empirical phase was United. That's- no, shut up. No, <laughs> no you shut. Up. That was when they 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 arrived, and it was like, oh, who are these cool like French-looking boys? You know, at the time when you know the, the Daft Punk would, had released uh, homework. Was, yeah, they don't. Yeah, it was after homework. So it was that time when yeah. when French touch was starting to become a thing, and they were kind of. They were included so cool. in the in the French touch, even though they made uh, pop with guitars and synths. You know, they weren't like a dance act, but they were in that that kind of. It was the band out of the French touch scene, right? It was the proper yeah. band that could make you dance, but they had that kind of yacht rock influence, all those lovely sort of eighties eighties um, influences, and and they've just never stopped being amazing ever since. But they're what we know as an imperial phase, Ben, you know this, their, their reign, their absolute dominance on pop culture, uh, even though I really, really started loving them a lot more when It's Never Been Like That came out, which was their third album. Alphabetical, for me, it's a cult favorite. Oh, I but, really like it. Yeah, but it's a bit, it's, it's, as, a, as an album, I think it's not as strong. But when they, when they started with It's Never Been Like That, it was like, wow, all of a sudden, like, there was not a filler on that album. There was not a dog on that album. It, all, it was like from start to finish, really catchy sort of guitar danceable songs. Everyone said that they sounded a little bit too much like The Strokes, but all of a sudden they became better than The Strokes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like their, their, their albums after that, Wolfgang Amadeus, Bankrupt. Um, Tiamo. Tiamo. Tiamo, that wonderful homage to Italian summers, you know, uh, that, that a lot of French people used to live. It was an incredible mood. 
So I'm really looking forward to see what they do with this album. I this tell time. you, the, the good thing is there's three of us. I think we got in like Ma, so there'd be three of us and we'd have like a de definite winner in, in arguments. Ma, who's right, me or Johan? United or it's never been like that? Okay. Yeah. I think okay, it was okay. The, the woman is speaking. <laughs> Remember who the called you? The woman being silenced by two men. Oh my God! Not again! Two not straight a... men. What <laughs> happened? Silencing me. What? The GG power has to come back in. Come on. We we need a, another another person to balance this out. <laughs> Hang on a second. Who called you the woman? Remember when you did a review? Yeah. We were talking about someone's album, and you said something. Was it oh. Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez stand. Yeah. For, uh, for, for <laughs> coming for my neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, Wait. I don't know who the woman is, but who she thinks she, the, who the I woman am. thinks she is, but uh, Selena Gomez is the best thing. <laughs> if that person wants to come and say it to uh, our faces, well, I mean, don't, because we'd be all don't. scared. Well, yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have like very thick. Also, we're, we're, we're peaceful. We're very peaceful yes. people, aren't we? And this glass is very thick. I think, I reckon <laughs> that even if someone tried to hire a sniper and shoot us, uh, <laughs> it, we wouldn't be able to get past that bullet. <laughs> I don't think it's not a, a, safer like, than the Pope. Yeah, not an idea for anyone. Who, who would fire a sniper? Who have we annoyed? I mean, Selena Gomez fans. Selena Gomez fans. Anyone else? Even though I love Selena Gomez, I want to be like... I think. Kid. I think basically you said... I love Selena Gomez and the scene, and people were mad that I didn't say like now as well. But I, Selena Gomez and the scene was like iconic. Didn't you say that's marginally better than now, and that was it? That was enough to sort of in incite yeah. hatred. Well. <laughs> Anyway, we're looking forward to Weekend 2 because uh, even though uh, we're going to be able to see a lot of artists for a second time, which is quite a privilege, Gorillaz. I mean, last week, Gorillaz was really... Uh, well, we already knew anyone who'd seen Gorillaz before at a festival. I think that's their arena. They, they really are the best festival act around today because, first of all, they bring everyone and absolutely everyone who's made a mark in pop culture in the last... 40 years like Paz the news from De La Soul was there apparently and I didn't realize well uh, they did a few songs I think they often tour with a few from De La Soul yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. they're always available most deaf who lives in Barcelona oh. you know he 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 graced the stage with some gorgeous looking yellow, uh, green, fluorescent green cowboy boots. Um, he Was it one of the singers from Amazon d'Afrique who, who went up to sing Désolé? I don't think so. I to, to be honest, I got a bit lost with, with who was coming because I was quite far back and I couldn't quite work out like who exactly who exactly was there. Jenny Beth didn't. I thought I thought I thought she was giving us the wink and she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be there. But yeah. no, 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 she... she, she but wasn't. I think it's because... Was she performing at the same time? No, she performed on the... On the Friday, didn't she? Yeah, no. but then she performed on the Sunday as well. So. On the Sunday and a DJ set. She sang before Beck at Razzmatazz and then went over and played a DJ set at Sidecar, uh, which was which was very lit, apparently, for those who were able to attend. Mm, uh, so Gorillas, second chance to see them tonight. And I imagine I saw the set list. It's, it's available on, on some of the Insta Instagram fan accounts of Gorillas. You can see their entire set list, uh, not see, but read what they played. So I imagine because they have such a vast catalog, they'll probably be playing an entirely different set tonight of mm -hmm. songs. Uh, more songs from Song Machine. Uh, I don't know, all the stuff that they didn't play the first, you know, I missed I missed Empire Ants, for instance. I'd love it if they played that. That's a that's a that's a kind of a favorite, a gorilla's favorite. Um uh, they uh, I was just looking at the, the set list and I don't know if this set list is wrong or if I just wasn't paying attention, but did Slow Tie? 
Slehutai. Yeah. That was one of the oh most God, beautiful moments of like two different generations like connecting and bonding because there was a moment where Damon and Slotai are are rapping into each other's faces mm -hmm. and the look of joy on Damon Albarn's face like he was a child again you know he he he's no longer this 50 whatever year old man he's like this child in his baggy baggy pink trousers and his and his white cap singing with Slotai and they were both like two two brothers like big brother and young brother just totally bonding over that song uh, it was really, it, it was, it, it just generated a lot of positive energy and everyone who came from that show, came away from that show was just smiling like with, with aches in their cheeks from the joy that they brought. Do you know what I saw yesterday that gave me a lot of joy? Who? Ride doing Going Blank again. I mean, this is real, real 44 year old territory, but mm -hmm. my God, did I enjoy it. You know, it's something I've said before. It's like, you know, sometimes like often in this life, you don't quite get what you want. Right? Yeah. And or you might get something close to what you want, but like ever so occasionally you get exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching Ride playing um, Going Blank again, stood by the mixing desk because I was recording it, so I got yeah. a very good view and very sight. I was like, you know what, this is just what I want. I've actually been delivered exactly what you I got want. the pizza just as you uh, just as it looked in the photo, exactly, and what your expectations exactly. were. The flavors were there. It was nice and fluffy and crunchy at the same time. But the 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 thing about Ride is it's one, another one of those victory stories of the second chance. And this is something we see a lot in Primavera. Bands that have been around for ages or had split up for a while or had been on a very long period of hiatus. Ride did officially break up in the 90s. Well, yeah. was it 2000? No, 90s, 90s after Carnival think, yeah. of Light. And, after uh, Tarantula. Or was it Tarantula? I think. And then... They got back uh, and everyone thought, oh, you know, they're cashing in on the nostalgia, you know, lots of bands reforming just for festivals, you know, or to play a, a legendary album. But they came back with a bang. They released uh, an album that fans like. Uh, I, I enjoyed the, the, the album that, re that they released, was it now five years ago? So they've been a proper reunited band for a while now. And they are as relevant as they were back in the glory days of Shoegaze. And it's funny that Sergi made a comment earlier. So this year we've got Ride, Jesus and Mary Chain, Slow Dive. We've got all, sort of all the major uh, shoegaze bands here uh, representing in the 20 year anniversary of Primavera Sound. Shoegaze has always been part of the DNA of the festival. So what a shame that My Bloody Valentine didn't come around this year. You never know. Maybe next year, but people you know. are always when the when the lineup is announced. People are always like, "Where's my bloody Valentine?" It's always, you know. Yeah, because it's funny because all of a sudden, like speaking of bands that have, well, this isn't like a second win or a second opportunity, but Dinosaur Junior last Thursday, wow, having one of the most ma the massive one of the biggest audiences that I've ever seen crammed in the Cooper stage, what used to be the Ray-Ban stage. Uh, and it's got that auditorium sort of shape. You know, you've got the big steps where people can sit on and you couldn't fit a mosquito in there. It was just so packed. And Jay Maskis and band being able to see that, being one of the first shows of the, of the festival um, at the forum, having that moment must have been I guess he must still, I don't know if he gets excited because he's so like laid back. He's always been eternally laid back and seems like he doesn't really get excited about anything except fuzzy pedals. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the rest of the band was probably quite excited. I mean, he wouldn't have disliked it, surely. It'd be surely like, not, but like maybe the most that he will show an appreciation is like, oh yeah, that's cool. 
And I started watching Freak Scene, the documentary oh, on where, filming. Where is it? where? Oh, it's on I've, filming. I've got filming. I didn't even know. And it's like, I was. I want to see that so badly. It's really good because it's got so much archival footage of, of when they were super young, you know, when he had dark hair and he was young and, and, and he was always like a musical genius and everyone recognized, like, this guy's special. And, and there he is. And it's so great for those bands to come back to Primavera. And even though we still keep having that weary argument, Ben and I, that, oh God, our music that we get excited about is so out of fashion. Mars generation sort of yawns when we talk about, oh, you know, like... Not Mar, though. No, <laughs> Mar is now a shoegaze enthusiast. <laughs> She's a 90s indie kid because, because, it's, because it's a thing on TikTok. No, I'm sorry. That sounded so cool. What did you no? What, what did we call this? You, we talked about this a few weeks ago. What is the, the 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 trend now that this kind of not even 2014 Tumblr? The trend of not caring and being slacker and very 90s. Oh, didn't it have like a name? Lobotomy chic. Lobotomy yes. chic. Yeah, it's very lobotomy chic. Dinosaur <laughs> Junior is the ultimate icon of, of lobotomy chic, and all these bands that represented the authentic lobotomy chic are are. Still as relevant as they were 20 years ago, judging what? from the audience enthusiasm. I saw lots of young, young people in the audience. What was that um, special pass they gave to Dinosaur Junior and so, Green so, Band Pavement? So they uh, booking decided uh, to give all those bands that have meant so much to Primavera since the inception of the festival: Pavement, Shellac, Low, Dinosaur Junior. Those were the four bands recipient of this special kind of honorary uh, platinum star kind of award, uh, which they could hang around their neck. And it was very embarrassing when we rumped, we ran into Steve Malkmus last Saturday night. He was with his wife and and their uh, a nephew of theirs or a cousin. Of, it was there was family, a nephew and his friends. So there was like it was a group. It was a party of seven people, and he couldn't get back into the artist backstage for some reason. Like his. His uh, his his chip on his um, accreditation was no longer eligible, and it's like, what? This man, this genius, is responsible for putting seventy thousand people in here last Thursday on this very stage, and you're not allowing him back in. Obviously, it was a question of security. They don't know who these bands are. There's security who's been hired precisely because they don't care about who's playing. They've got a job to do, and it's like. You're only allowed to let certain people pass on such and such a day. There's an order here. There's an, or an organization. But, but icons get a special treatment. Well, no, they didn't. And it was very embarrassing seeing Steven sort of saying, well, does this, does this <coughs> count? And he, and, he pulled, and he very sheepishly, very shy and very embarrassedly pulled out this, this, this platinum star oh hanging word. around his neck. Of which there exist about 10 in the world. Exactly. The and the, the guard looked at it. It's like, yeah, yeah, very nice. But no, sorry, uh, we have orders. And that, that, that's, not, that's not eligible to get you through. And I threw a fit. I was like, what is going on here? What has the world come to? Stephen, I'm so embarrassed. Let me just sort this out for you. We managed to get him through and his family, you know, they had a whale of a time. But, mm -hmm. but you know, these things happen. It's little, you know, and I'm saying it because it's good radio, you know, nice little story. Stephen Malkmus not being able to get back into the, the, the backstage, which was practically lifted for people, for bands like his. <laughs> Festivals, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, we were talking yesterday, Mar and I, about uh, festival rumours. Have you heard any good ones? Because we, uh, we were talking about the, uh, the burritos. Uh, you don't know about the burritos? M enlighten me. Oh, the, my word. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for repeating this story, but even though you heard last episode, you will be glad to hear it again. But in short, because we stretched it a lot last episode, apparently in the line for Beck and, and Jenny Beth, yeah, uh, the Apollo, um, someone was selling burritos with laxatives in it. 
and some of the people that bought it and got intoxicated, some at least one, um, was so eager to go inside and didn't want to leave the queue, he had to do his business <sighs> in the queue. Like, really? In, like, yeah. shut himself. But is this a rumor or is it... It was on Twitter. One of these, like, legend, urban legends of someone... And well, this doing is what we were. This is what we were discussing. Like, I, I don't think anyone put laxatives in in the burrito. I just don't think that's kind of possible. But Mar, I is think it is. But more. you can get the runs from a bad burrito, like meat that has been left out of the fridge for too long or something. Sometimes some of these fast food restaurants, <clears throat> uh, they don't have Michelin starred. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, seal of a what do you call it? Uh, quality control. I don't want to diss. A lot of I love street food. I love, but you know, you just watch out for the burritos. And speaking of getting the the you know festivals, always have baby wipes with you. I recommend it. <laughs> I know that we're supposed to be very sustainable and try and offset your use of baby wipes by I don't know uh, taking the subway. Don't use a car. Try not to take that many flights. You know, offset, offset. Be sustainable. But baby wipes are a must at a festival because if you have an accident like the flying burrito incident, person. Um, then you're in the shit. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and and just to, to briefly answer the question of yesterday, are there any bands or artists you would uh, shoot yourself in the queue for? I oh, said yeah. no. Mar said, said yes. loads, <laughs> basically. Yes. Oh, that is my biggest fear. I mean, I could not stoop so low. My dignity is too, too, too fragile. Dignity, dignity is overrated, I think. Yeah, but you don't want to be that person. Like people kind of, I don't know, like if, if I was one of those invisible people that can kind of, you know, be forgetful, but uh, not that I, I'm, I'm kind of giving one of those Kanye West, like uh, <laughs> unintentional. Um, For Kanye West, if Kanye was playing and there was a huge line and if you got out. And it was his, uh, uh, his gospel thing, which you wanted to go to. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I you would. You I would. I would. I I would I'd resort to something like I'll pay you fifty euros to keep my spot in the line, but my emergency, and I'd go behind a car or something where I could do it properly and 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 be as. So I don't the answer is yes. Yeah, we have it. But I wouldn't just like you know in my in my pants there in the queue and. But we talked about this, didn't we, the other day? Like if you we we were talking about if you're in the middle of Dua Lipa and you get the. Apreton, as we say in Spanish, the, the urge, the sudden urge. Uh, yeah, wear diapers, wear adult diapers in case. It's, it's not a bad, it's not a bad I, I didn't want to get that much into this catalogical topics, but I think it's time for us to change actual topics to a much better one than this one, which is an interview with none other than... Metronomy, ladies and gentlemen, we have our first interview of the day here at Primavera Sound. Metronomy are going to be performing tonight here at the Parkdale Forum. And I think Joe Mount is with us in a few minutes. Let's listen to a bit of music. Nothing new, but I still can't handle it. 
to Metronomy who are going to be playing the Binance stage tonight at 25 past 11 and here they are in the studio Benga and Joe Hola Hello Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you feeling? How uh, you're going to play at this stage that we're looking at right now? I was just wondering if that was the stage Yeah, yeah I was just asking It looks cool. pretty good to me It looks yeah. great You know that used to be the main stage at the festival years ago? Well, well, that's uh, now. Now, now I feel so good about it. <laughs> no, well, no, well, but don't don't you feel more comfortable playing these uh, stages that allow a little bit more intimacy with a large crowd rather than the massive, massive stage where it just oh, becomes wow. a little bit. Well, stage. I think we're happy anyway. Yeah. Each stage has its own charms, you know? <laughs> yeah, we would have said that for any stage <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we hate it. No, do they used to face each other as well? I seem to remember last time we were here, there were two stages facing each other. Yeah, that was like on Over the there. other the side. Okay, okay yeah. very nice. Because you also played that massive stage the last time you played. We yeah, we did. I yeah. think that was like... Our was that when Arcade Fire were playing? Yes, yes, yeah. And, yes. Then, and then before that, we played in the kind of amphitheater thing, which I remember being. And that's down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, yeah. yeah, you've covered a lot of ground yeah. in Primaveras. Yeah. We are old hats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you always had a little bit yours uh, in the the last time we spoke, which was when you played down in the big stage uh, down there uh, on the same night as Arcade Fire. You said that uh, the thing about playing Spanish festivals is sometimes you get put booked to play at three in the morning. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Today we're playing at a very, very kind of reasonable. by English standards, very reasonable time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's quite, I remember like that year we played with Arcade Fire. Yeah. I guess we were on it again, like not that late. It's like, oh, is this a good thing yeah. or a bad thing? <laughs> the three o'clock gig was actually pretty cool. It was insane, that three yeah. o'clock gig. I remember, yeah. I yeah. mean, I feel like, see, since then, since the first time we came here, I've kind of married into a, a like Europe, more European kind of family, like a French family. So that's not, they're not as extreme as, as the Spaniards, but you know, like it's everything's later and it's much more civilized, really. Plus, at 11 o'clock, you've had time to have dinner. Do you like having dinner before playing a show or you've got the, <laughs> the queasiness? Well, so we, I mean, we're like having dinner. This will 
disgust you as a person living in Spain. <laughs> you know, we have dinner at like six o'clock. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but to be fair to us, that's because we normally play at like nine. Yeah. So yeah. you want to digest, you know? Yeah. But no, it's very like, it's lame. <laughs> You'll have to have breakfast or something at 11 when you're playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, tonight we'll find somewhere to have a nice dinner. Kebab. Well, you, I mean, uh, that's one thing that a lot of artists always mention about coming to play Primavera, like how amazingly you get to eat it because you're, you're right next to the city. You're not in the yeah. middle of some farmland, yeah. uh, which, hey, you eat very well in where, wherever there's <laughs> the farmland. Farm, the, farm the eggs are really fresh. Wow. <laughs> the milk has just been poured out of a cow's teat. But uh, Glastonbury milk must be really good, no? Glastonbury, the, the, isn't Michael Levis actually... Uh, he's a dairy farmer. He's a dairy, a dairy farm, farmer, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I'm... To be honest, I'm a city. I'm a city boy. Yeah. So city-based festivals, where like you stay in a hotel, you're dry. You can guarantee mm -hmm. being dry. Generally speaking. Yeah. Although I flooded my room in our hotel today, and it turned out Joe was in the room below me, and it started leaking yeah. into his room. It was ridiculous. I went down to the desk. <laughs> I went. Down, I went down to the front desk, and I was like, uh, "I'm in room whatever it is. I can't remember. There's water coming in from the ceiling. I'm gonna have some breakfast. I'll come and find out what's going on. I went for breakfast. I saw Bangor, and I was like, "Hey." There's a f like my room's flooded, <laughs> and he was like, uh, "What room are you in? I think I might be responsible for that." <laughs> so yeah, he's above me. Can't always guarantee being dry. How did you? <laughs> what, did, what did you leave the bathtub running and stuff and forgot it's about it? It's a very, I mean, it's a very prosaic answer. It's the water pressure was a little <laughs> bit stronger than I anticipated. And he didn't close the door, surely. And the door wasn't fully closed, mm. so I flooded my room. It, it's something that really frustrates me forever. I have never been able to shower in a hotel without leaving a giant puddle. Totally. Yeah. That's not your fault. That's the fault that's, of the construction workers. But why? Right. Every hotel, it doesn't matter the rain. If it's a three star, four yeah. star, five star. It's, it's, I've always got this, <laughs> this lake. Uh, and it's like, why? Is it me? Is it like that, with those glass kind of panel things? Anyway. Uh, it's the, big, <laughs> the big hotel conspiracy, man. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about album number seven, Small World. Uh, will you be playing a lot of this album in, in a set like tonight? Or do you just try and, when you play festivals, you try and keep it a bit of a greatest hit? Yeah, we have to, we have to sort of, we have to work that out because we normally, you know, at the moment we're, we're normally playing for like an hour and a half and tonight is an hour and 20 minutes. No, hour, hour and 10, 10 minutes. So we need to shave off 20 minutes. But we're kind of like, no, normally we're playing like, yeah, a bit of everything. We're not sort of sticking to the new record. We're playing, playing some new stuff and older stuff and, um, And yeah, because I guess we've, you know, we've not been, well, lo loads of the bands here haven't, like, this is the first festival season we've had in, like, two, two years. years. So, yeah. so yeah, we're not gonna we're not going to be, like, annoying and just play new stuff. Self-indulgence. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. oh, yeah, But equally, the new stuff has been kind of, we've, we've, because we've done a bit of touring this year already, and, like, we did shows in Spain, and the new stuff yeah. has been kind of quite well. Yeah. People know it, seem to know it quite well already, so... It's nice to know that we can play some new stuff as well. <laughs> what are some of the, what is this song that you're most excited to play? Like, I guess it goes, it changes every once in a while. Yeah. And you get tired of the one that you were, it was your favorite. What is the one that you're looking forward to play that you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna Tonight, go crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, Right on Time is like a... The song, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, people people have said to me that they feel like it's kind of it's a kind of festival fe <laughs> festival vibe. Yeah. Um so I'm curious to see if that actually 
seems to play out like yeah. how you play it. It's weird. I think I think everyone's sort of like, <clears throat> excuse me. We've had like these these amazing times here, even at this festival, playing a song like the look. Yeah. And I think people are always like, people are always sort of waiting for yeah. that song and expecting stuff to happen. And like, and it's quite funny because I think it happens in like five year cycles. Mm -hmm. Like I think at the moment people are sort of waiting for it and then it happens and they're like, oh, that didn't feel like the same as it did last time. Yeah. And I think no, like, and then but anyway, so so normally you'd say the look, but I think this time around, yeah, like it's a new one or even like Corrine, I really enjoy like an older song, which I enjoy playing and people kind of go for, yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe, you've, you once told, uh, and you've said it in many interviews, but I'm going to take one thing you took, you sold to DIY magazine that you uh -oh. said, you say, you said, <laughs> You, you know, you make pop music, uh, Metronomy, and that pop music is for young people. Do you relate? <laughs> yes. Uh -oh. I know what you mean by it. Obviously, it's not like uh, us elder ones can't enjoy. We love a, a good dose of pop that liberates us from the stress. But do you relate <laughs> to the music that the young people connect with nowadays? I mean, the irony is that the young people are connecting to like a rap that Louis Theroux did. <laughs> Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a sort of weird, or like Kate Bush. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. whoa. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, I think that's the funny thing. Um, but I I really love, I guess, this, you know, like it's a bittersweet thing because part, part of you observing it in the way that you do, it's a bit like, sorry to use an analogy. Yeah. <laughs> we went to like a pub quiz in London and I remember going to pub quizzes and like, I didn't know any of the answers to any of the questions. And there'd be teams who are winning. I'd be like, oh, you guys, like, you're lame. You're so pathetic. And now if I do a pub quiz, like, I can do pretty well. And you realize, like, oh, hang on. I was just younger then. Um, and it's like observing now, observing uh, kind of, I don't know, like, younger artists. It's like you realize, oh, I have this sort of distance from it. And, yeah. and I find it, like, really exciting. But I know that it's, like, it's not really, you know, it's not made for me. Yeah, well, because I mean, listening back to Nights Out from 2008, you know, a song like The End of You 2 has the type of rhythm that fits in with today's current club trend of Dembo, reggaeton. Oh, like, yeah. You could put it in there. Nice. Like yeah. DJ Playero could put that song in there and it yeah. would work perfectly. Like you're a visionary, like already you, you <laughs> anticipated that the people would be kind of going for that. Those patterns. But do any of these sort of trendy Latin rhythms appeal to you to think, you know, maybe Metronomy could have a stab at making a Caribbean-ish <laughs> uh, type of dance record? You know, it's funny because I've actually like, so the, the thing, the thing that I did before the new record is this this EP, this posse EP. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. And that was kind of in like, you know, working with new artists and, right. a, and a really nice like natural way to start like, I don't know, like engaging with new people. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I've been doing new stuff for the next one. And I found that like, I was suddenly like, yeah, I should try like, obviously not to try, like not to try and make like a reggaeton song because that would be weird. <laughs> but like, but yeah, like. Joseph like, practicing I, <laughs> his rapping. Yeah. But like <laughs> playing with rhythms and stuff, I feel, you know, you kind of, you, it's quite easy to end up in this like, in this like, uh, this furrow of like straight rhythms, especially if you're in a sort of like, you know, just like an indie band. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'd like to mix it up. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, and I I love the song you made with Pinty. Is it Pinty? Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah, Pinty. Pinty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to you know play uh, in, in my DJ sets. Um, oh, cool. uh, promoting him. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I mean is it works very well. Uh, that was that an incredible exercise, like being able to make music kind of out. It was metronomy, but it was like outside of metronomy. This little EP as an impact. Yeah. Well, I was like I was saying at the time um, that that you kind of like. Because at the time, I, you know, I think it was when I was promoting the record and talking about how, yeah, like growing up, kind of getting older, mm. making music. And I do have this feeling that like good pop music is, is should engage like young people. Um, and I guess like the thing is, I also produce music. And if you're like, if you're a good producer, then you're working with like the kind of newest and most exciting artists. So yeah. there's kind of no like age limit for production. Um, and so, yeah, it was like a really great, kind of outlet for that kind of thing and for feeling like not pretending like you're in your 20s again but you know working with people that actually are in their 20s yeah <laughs> i mean i guess the thing is if you just listen to metronomy albums maybe it seems like a departure but actually having spent a lot of time with joe and like knowing the stuff that we all listen to when we're like backstage like in tour buses and stuff it's like kind of it makes sense because it's just kind of if you make if you yeah. make music and you listen to a broad range of stuff it's quite natural i think to produce in like a big range of styles well speaking of production mar you're a fan yeah. of robin yeah, yeah. jesse where who oh, is yeah. playing and jesse to, yeah today uh, not today uh, maybe tomorrow i she playing tomorrow she's she, yeah, Everyone yeah, yeah. is She's playing Primavera this year. my favorites list, and I'm she, like, <clears throat> she was like when I was working with her, when I was working with Jessie Ware, she was saying, like, it's quite funny. She was vocalizing. She was like, I want to play Primavera. She wanted, but she was like literally yeah. just saying, like, she was like, I want like, I want songs that I can play at Primavera. Specifically, oh my yeah. god, I, I, it was quite I, oddly, I oddly niche. She manifested that. <laughs> I mean, not niche, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, how how was working? Because I was wondering, like, you've worked with some of my favorite artists as well. And how does your mu music understanding of like your own sound and stuff meet with the other artists? Like, do you just take away of what you like personally and just adapt to the person that you're working with, or how does it work? I th it's sort of, you know, like it's always developing, but but I know that I I have the confidence now that if they want to work with me, they want my input, you know? So like, I have a real feeling of like, well, we should, we're meeting in the middle. Like mm -hmm. this, this song we're working on is a, a joint venture and like we're equally responsible for it. So I kind of, I enjoy like, I don't know, just sort of getting stuff out of people and intentionally like not, not kind of, pushing too hard or, or, you know like because I think you can you can hear it quite often in 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 like pop production you can hear it when when a, the voice is like just a sort of you know like it could be it almost could be anyone you know so I, I think and I think people like working with me for that reason too that it ends up feeling quite personal yeah 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 uh, we noticed that uh do you feel comfortable moving towards that kind of career where you will be uh, performing less and going on tour and you know now that you're a family man and you know you've spoken about interviews Fam about yeah family men Fa aren't we banger the reason that we're here because we had our families <laughs> with us we were playing in Ilde reunion like a french this french island and we had our families but now the other guys in the band have got their oh, families yeah. yeah that's why bengas 
drinking a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, but because because I I keep hearing this notion of like metronomy's entering phase two because you're now you've all oh, yeah, think you've all yeah. matured into being family family people. Yeah, I think you know I don't know I, I guess it's weird because you you I feel so personally I feel very lucky that we're still asked to come and play festivals like this that I don't want to you don't want to push your luck and you don't want to sort of oversaturate the market with yourself. <laughs> so I feel like there's a sort of element of trying to, I know you want to keep people excited. You don't want to become kind of ubiquitous. Um, and yeah, I don't know really, like we haven't really, I think we've not even really talked about it. I think because it, because we've had this like two year gap, Yeah, everyone's just like needs to tour. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But I guess like in practice too, it's like we, so we all, live in different countries and stuff and everyone is in kind of different situations with kind of their the work their partners do and how old their kids are and stuff mm. so i think there are just there there have always been kind of natural breaks in the cycle of touring yeah. anyway um but i kind of imagine that after we've toured this album where everyone's going to need a bit of a break to yeah. kind of reconnect with their <laughs> <laughs> real lives yeah and it's 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 a it's a crazy life being a professional touring musician, I imagine, because all of a sudden you'll be like four months of being away and and these weird timetables of sleeping little, be, having to be in many places almost at once, mm. and then all of a sudden, boom, going back home and having like three months of just taking yeah. care of the kids and doing groceries. How do you handle the the, the what, what do they call it? The post tour trauma or the post, <laughs> depression? The post, yeah. the let's post not let's depression. not let's not over uh, <laughs> egg it, but yeah, PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like now it's weird. Like I feel, I feel like when I was younger, it was more confusing. It was more like because um, you were sort of, I don't know, you had like I guess it's more energy almost, yeah. um, and and so you'd go home and you'd feel much more like adrift. Whereas now it feels like you go home and there's such a sort of obvious reason Rhythm. to be there and, yeah. and thing that you've missed and all that stuff. So I find it, I find it kind of easier personally. Yeah. Before you kind of, certainly for me, before, before I had kids, for example, <clears throat> and before like I was married and stuff, it's like, you'd kind of get home and you'd be like, Oh, well, what do I, what do I kind of, what do I do now? <laughs> then you'd start kind of messaging a few friends to see if they wanted to like meet up at the pub or Go something. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, message friends about like meeting up to make music or whatever but now it's much more like the second i get home it's like there's stuff to do <laughs> so you kind of you don't have time to think about it really yeah so yeah. much to let the blues sink in mm. <laughs> uh your I, I understand that your cousin oscar cash joe uh made an additional uh, version of metronomy forever i didn't know of this he did uh like a jazzy instrumental hip-hop type record right mixtape it's a mixtape, exactly. It's, yeah, it is. Honestly, it is so good. It's really good. Yeah, it was sort of. It was included in one of the vinyl editions, and I think it is. It is streaming, streaming. now. Yeah. Ah, so it's available. So if you search for Oscar Cash, you should find it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, he's. You know, it's funny. Like, he's a very gifted musician. He's just. He lacks a certain uh, kind of confidence in putting his stuff out there. But when he does, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oscar's I, computer yeah. is literally filled with <laughs> not even like half finished music yeah music that's basically finished yeah. which he just like 
doesn't really want to put out. <laughs> it's, it's mad. But what is your relationship now with the notion of leaving? Now there's so much offer and there's so much music coming out constantly and, and artists, now that you kind yeah. of have no, not as many intermediaries, you can kind of self-release under aliases, like stuff that, oh, maybe it's not good enough for metronomy, but this is worth... <laughs> really under Benga. <laughs> Adela can. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think it just really depends on on your on your sort of state of mind. I think, you know, I think I was the, the kind of idea of, of kind of music that I grew up being sort of obsessed by. It was like, yeah. was the idea of like classic albums and like classic music videos. And and I think the weird thing about now being more mature in the, in the world of music is you realize that that was always sort of a, a kind of idea that was created by, I don't know, like by the music industry in a way. And, yeah. And so I, I still think it exists. They're just sort of adapting and, you know, like, I don't know, like there, there are still amazing records that get released and they are, they will be always included on like amazing record lists. But there's always been like a ton of crap music as well. Yeah, and I that guess, was like, like, won't change. If you go back to like the 60s or the 50s even, it's like the Beatles were releasing two albums a year sometimes and like people were like always putting out singles and like someone would put out a hit single and then like five people would put out their cover and they'd be kind of yeah. putting stuff mm. out and it would be out within like two weeks of them recording it yeah. so I think the idea that we live in this age of like an unusually saturated music market is maybe not strictly accurate I guess it's more just that you can access all of it immediately yeah. from your phone. Like that's the thing that's kind of weird. Yeah. But you'll also see, I mean, like not to get too serious, this is a music festival radio station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just, you know, it's like now there's like everything that's happening right now is, is happening in the kind of, in the shadow or like, well, not the shadow, but like after coronavirus and like things are getting more expensive and people are like noticing. And so like, you know, it might be that in a in a in a year's time, people like they're not going to like as many gigs as they used to, and so like then musicians and, and labels are going to be like, no, we need to stop giving away this music. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's kind of it's always just like fluid. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the floodgates are open. It's mm. like it's a free for all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, do you feel that uh, we we always talk about this? Like metronomy has managed to serve. Survive, survive, yeah. <laughs> on, survive. survive, you know, because so you, 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 when you came, you came at an, at a, at a very, um, at a, mo a very prosperous moment for uh, bands, shall we say, of, of all sorts, you know, rock bands, indie bands, uh, electronic pop bands or whatever, right? When you guys came out, you made a hell of a splash and there was a lot of people making the splash with you, but only you stand now <laughs> and, and a few others. Yeah, very yeah. few, very few. Uh, can, do you have an explanation to, apart from the incredible quality of your output? Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like everyone else was lazy. Like other people did yeah, yeah, put yeah. out um, albums that were interesting, but they just, I don't know, work. I mean, it's diff it is difficult to sort of explain, but I think it's it's probably got it's probably something to do with um, never like never having that actual pressure put upon us, like to be that big, the biggest band or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we've just always kind of been like working away. But I do think also like when I was saying before about this idea of like the, like growing up being obsessed by records and and like. Yeah bands and legacies and that kind of yeah. stuff like like in a way I've always wanted to that's been my my dream you know what I mean so there has been like an element of of like 
really wanting to stick around and not wanting to suddenly feel like, oh, you know, like this isn't, I don't like, oh, yeah. It's, so I think it's a kind of, it's luck and, and uh, skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because you see a lot of bands from the era that, that they sort of started a cater for, oh, we've got to keep being the, the, the headliner and yeah. we'll do an album that's full of like chantable songs and choruses yeah. because you, you're kind of making music for those 50 first people, that uh, 50 rows at the massive yeah. festival. I, But yeah. I think also like we've never taken any big breaks from touring. Yeah. And I think like that's like some of our, some of our friends who were in bands were like they took two years to make an album mm. or three years, four years to make an album. They yeah. kind of made multiple albums that were shelved or whatever. Oof. And like they weren't doing shows in the interim either. Mm. And it's like they come back after four years and they're building from a much kind of lower yeah. base. And um, so I think like it's kind of that too. It's like balancing, not oversaturating things yeah. with like kind of reminding people always reminding people that you kind of exist yeah yeah well speak you know you, joe you were saying about the le legacy and how the record industry and their P, the, some of the legendary pr stunts we've grown up reading in music magazines are part of our almost our musical education mm. in metronomy's long almost 20 year career what moments stick out that that go beyond playing massive shows and stuff like part, that's part of like pop culture anecdotes <laughs> Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> we wouldn't gossip. Yeah, gossip or or, or, you know, or stuff that happened. It, yeah. Thanks to you being a successfully like a creative fun fact band. Or something. God, I don't know. I mean, like that's the thing. At all, when you put it like that, it feels like nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, oh, oh. Meeting Josh Holm at Coachella, I that think, cool. kind yeah. of felt like quite a fun because that that was when we were we were supporting Coldplay as well, weren't we? Yeah. On that. Yeah, we yeah. had this little, we had like a North American tour where we found out that one of the reasons we'd been approached to support Coldplay was because Azealia Banks knew their manager and she had, we had just done some shows with Azealia Banks, like an enemy tour in the yeah. UK. Um, and so, yeah, it's like being on tour, supporting Coldplay and then like Josh Holm coming to like say hi to us backstage at Coachella because I think like you'd, You'd yeah, already been talking yeah. to him a bit. But actually, that's probably... I, and then <laughs> and then I remember seeing Azealia Banks, bumping into Azealia Banks once at... Maybe she's the thing. Maybe she's yeah. the thing. <laughs> I remember bumping into Azealia Banks, like, in Los Angeles, like which sounds very... Downtown Los Angeles, bumped into Azealia Banks. Huh. Turns out that, that historically, it was just after there had been some Russell Crowe altercation. <laughs> And then, and then, like she was with me, and she was like, "Hey, Joe, can you help me out there? These crazy fans, and they won't leave me alone." So I sort of spent the evening, kind of like sh sh looking after Azealia a bit. Anyway, and we've been friends since. And then, and then, on her Instagram, she'd like done this thing. She was talking about voting, and she's saying how she's not gonna like vote for anyone because no one helps her. And so I left a comment on her Instagram saying like spoil spoil your vote you know like it's better than not voting spoiling your ballot is better <laughs> and then she replied like some kind of like like i don't know like probably too rude to say on spanish primavera radio but it's like do it's, it well no it's just kind of like whatever you like sucky like white ass indie group i <laughs> like oh, take wow. your kind of like you know like take your crappy whatever anyway and then she like blocked me <laughs> 
It's always, it, I was, I was that's exactly what I wanted to hear when yeah. I. When and I feel like, and I feel like it's all happened just by a complete misunderstanding. I know. So social, there you go. But that's the thing about social media, the comments, you've got to be so careful because you don't know how also, people are going to receive the message. Not to, without, without knowing her, <laughs> Here we go ter- again. without knowing her terribly well. <laughs> That seems to be the arc of a lot yeah. of the relationships she has with yeah, no, it's the true. music it's industry. I mean, even right? when you're being nice to her, she, Grimes and Elon Musk invited her, the, her to, the, to their mansion and apparently yeah. she yeah. started like <laughs> revealing I, a lot like, of their thing intimacies. Is, I, I still love her. I think she's like, yeah. I think she's kind of An brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And everything she says, like, I mean, this is the, and that was the thing, like most of the stuff she says, I agree with. And it was just the whole voting thing. I was like, oh, like I, was, I wasn't trying to be combative yeah. but anyway you we'll, like we'll make it up one day maybe you're now on the her wikipedia page there's a, a part that's beef with beef. you maybe you're yeah. there and well, that's iconic to be there as well because there's a yeah. lot of people in the beef <laughs> section and metronomy being one of them oh, it's kind of a be there. i don't want to be there but yeah but the ones who are there are also like people close to her like you are friends Fair with enough. her yeah, so yeah. it's kind of a good <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, 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 yeah. but That's speaking nice. of meeting iconic people from the world of culture and art and history um uh, mars a fashion enthusiast oh. and she was very excited when i i schooled her i i mansplained the whole <laughs> story about how metronomy was initially um, 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 hugged, uh, not hugged. Proteges. Protege- oh, you became oh. kind of proteges or you were the favorite band of Mr. Karl Lagerfeld, oh, yeah. rest in peace, the Kaiser. Yeah. yeah. Who is, you know, he, you know, you, you think of the the world of fashion in the 20th century and it's like Coco Chanel and Karl Lagerfeld and Yves Saint Laurent and then anyone else. Uh, <laughs> and, and and you told us, uh, the, the last interview we did with you years ago, you told us about how you had a very interesting um, moment about his, Borrowing his shirt. Oh yeah, no, I've still got his shirt. That's true. Yeah, You've I've got still one of got his it. Yeah, yeah. He gave me one of his shirts because I didn't fit into any of the clothes that they had <laughs> for the shoot. And, and yeah, and I, and I put a picture like, well, there's, there's pictures of like Oscar and him online, yeah. and people think it's fake. <laughs> like, but no, he, he. I mean, he was. There was a time in 2007, 2006, maybe, where he was. He was. Yeah, like. I mean, he's always supported. Like, he's always been into musicians. Yeah. Like and like new musicians. And so like, I think he did some stuff with Azealia Banks as well around then. Janelle um, Monet. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. And mm. like Theopolis London. Theopolis London. Um, and then that, um, oh, 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 I can't remember her name. Anyway, yeah, other people. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we kind of did this thing where he gave us some clothes for a video and then we did a shoot with him. And yeah, it was just quite sort of, funny and the day i remember the day we did it was the we we had to oh no we did what we did we opened we did a fashion show with him as well of course (laughs) and uh but it was for his own brand so it wasn't chanel so not quite as good but um (laughs) but we like we we had to we basically had this gig in like i can't remember holland and we flew into paris and got these it was before ben granana and the band so it was me oscar and gabriel and we got on these moto taxis which was the coolest thing ever. And they drove us like a breakneck speed to the uh, Tuileries in Paris, where we kind of got changed, got ready for our like runway debut. And yeah, I had to mime walking down the runway. <laughs> it was like, it was great. <laughs> and, then our, and then our good friend, James Wrighton, of course. Yeah, yeah. James. Was in, the, was in the crowd and was like, <laughs> 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 It's just like, I didn't expect this, this to like, happen. That was like peak. <laughs> 
that would have been peak claxons. It was also peak claxons as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the good old days. Yeah, yeah. We we tried to get James over to to as to the festival, but it's it's not it's not happened this year. But you know, it's amazing. You know, if you heard of what he's been doing with Abba. With Abba, oh yeah, he's been yeah. like dire- he's been directing the rehearsals for the Abba Voyager special yes. and stuff, and he got to play on Benny's uh, keyboards in his studio uh, in yeah. Sweden, which is which must be the biggest dream come true for any musician, you know, who who's. I nerdy. hate Abba. I hate them. Really? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, this interview is about to be cut very short. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything I'd like to do less than touch his keyboards. But, you know, we, we were thinking about that, you know, of all the people you've got to work with and produce, like Robin, like Jesse Ware. Well, on, on, on lately, you managed to, we, we were interviewing Dana. Da, is that, Dana. She, Dana. Dana. Dana Morgulin from uh, Porridge Radio. Oh, yeah. Who, who sang, sings with you on Hold Me Tight. What was it about uh, nice. uh, Dana, who, Dana, sorry, who, that, that you thought a, would I've be an been, appealing collaboration. I've been saying Dana. I've been calling her Dana as well. Maybe it is. Uh-oh. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm, I'm getting no, no, confused. No, 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 no. It is Dana. No, it's it's. That's the weird thing because it's so in English. Like you, you, when you read it, you'd either say like Dana or Dana, but I think she says it in between the two of them. Because is it like, short for Jordana? Someone must be correct. I don't know. <laughs> Dana. Dana. Anyway, <laughs> Dana is target. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was. I mean, I'd heard. I'd heard Porridge Radio on the radio and it like hmm. like liked what I'd heard. And then it was suggested by Stephen, our manager, that she could like be really cool. And so I sent her this this idea and she what she sent back was just yeah, was was kind of what's on the record. And I was just really blown away by her like the way she came at the song. And I think I guess, you know, I think a lot of big fans of Porridge Radio are fans of her sort of this, the kind of emotion in what Approach. she does, yeah, yeah. And, and and where she comes at, like, yeah, how she writes her lyrics and stuff. And, and so, yeah, it was this this really impressive sort of demo, I guess, that she sent, yeah. Wow. And, uh, oh, demo. So do, how do you, how, what's your relation as a producer with the whole remote uh, recordings and stuff uh, rather than being in the studio together? Into it. You've done quite a lot of that as well, do you? Yeah. I, I mean, during the pandemic, I did, yeah, like... Um, more than I, because in, in the past it would be maybe you had a friend who lived in a different city. Mm. You'd kind of, it, it would be quite a kind of personal thing. Um, whereas like during the pandemic, I like kind of turned myself into a bit of a like session bass player and was like doing like a lot of recording from home all of a sudden. Um, it's quite, yeah, it's quite weird, I think. But it's weird how like normal it feels too. Was yeah. it um, recently like, was it recently like the was it the weekend of saying was it like Demi Lovato saying is she, when her like her on Pro Tools something like she's like a whiz right. on Pro Tools anyway what you realize is that now so much of being a part of a musician whether you're like a pop singer or whatever <coughs> in an indie band like you've learned how to use music making software so actually yeah. like sending stuff back and forward is is kind of People are used to being on their own, yeah. <laughs> like in their rooms on their own, like working on music. So it's actually quite, you know, it's like, and with, especially with the Posse EP as well, like I was just sending tracks and getting them sent back as well. And, and it's, there's something quite kind of, you know, like I think a lot of people are quite used to working in this, in this like slow, isolated way. So it can, it can, it can work very well. But I mean, like, but Dana did c- come in and record the vocal again with yeah. me. 
because that's you know if you have to compare the output you know remember how you'd read about you know rolling stones renting a mansion in the south of france and yeah. and getting into the creative mood to create the album of the time no uh, but nowadays it's so efficient and people have such so many scheduling clashes mm. that it's like look the most effective thing technology's here you can so uh, output wise what do you think is do you think there's a better way remote I, or being in the same room well i guess i think people like i think when people were releasing like when people were recording records in the south of france and spending millions like they were that was the only way you could sort of capture this feeling of like decadence you know what i mean and and i think quite often people were trying to kind of transmit like in this feel like feelings onto records and now like i don't know, I, i get the impression that like in somewhere like los angeles people just sit in tiny rooms looking at a kind of red deep red sunset and they're like like this is all i need to kind of inspire me to make some quite yeah generic sound <laughs> but also like i guess the if the budgets were still there mm. like that's still the way people would be recording yeah. it just kind of is i would say it's always preferable to be in the room with other musicians um kind of just bouncing ideas around because like the thing about the remote thing is it it works really well if you and your collaborators are even if you're not you're not fully on the same page in terms of how you're approaching the track or something and like that can be you they can come back with really surprising results and like that's quite cool but i think if you're really kind of just like not neither of you are feeling where the track is going you get into this quite kind of um it would be much quicker to be in a room together and just like talk just tell about tell you I don't like it talk about what in you person. think isn't working you know or even just being able to read the body language you know like you know when you're sat next to someone in a writing session and like they're not feeling it it's yeah. like well should we try something else let's try something else <laughs> yeah let's go and have a coffee like whatever yeah which you kind of can't do if you're just kind of sending emails back and, and forth Uh-huh. Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> it is kind of, uh, we are in the r- same room as mm. Metronomy in our right. lovely glass box here in Primavera Sound where in the greenhouse. In the greenhouse <laughs> and we're actually sweating like yes. a plant photosynthesizing under the sun. Yeah. This blaring sun. The weather is with us on this weekend. Once again, nice warm w- weekend in Barcelona and you're going to turn the temperatures up tonight at <laughs> 11:25 on the Binance stage in Primavera <laughs> Sound 2022. Benga jo- thank you so much thank for you coming for having you. Thank you. on behalf of metronomy one of the greatest acts of all ever. time of all time <laughs> oh well, you were gonna say that wow sorry i interrupted yeah, yeah, yeah. we're reading our minds <laughs> yeah 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 synergy synergy this is the thing about being in the same room together we bounce Absolutely. off each other the ideas are happening thank you so much thank for you being for here.